last spring um, I had the idea for a podcast ostensibly called Happy Birthday Today because I had the idea on April 6th uh, that was the day I chose I was going to go through Wikipedia and just sort of read and discuss the uh, lives of interesting people born that day and in the course of the thing I learned a lot you know, about a lot of people I'd never heard of and there were some weird parallels between the people on that day but it was just incredibly time consuming and I, uh, yeah, it was incredibly time-consuming. Plan was to, uh, have a rotation of birthday songs. Surprisingly hard to find upbeat ones. Though, have you heard the uh, Beatles one? Happy birthday to you. Parenthesis party party. It's good. Anyway, uh, here, have a listen. Hello. My name is Unimportant. What's important is you. Because it's your birthday. I apologize, the sound quality is weird on this too. So what this is, is I'm going to go and see what celebrities have birthdays today and tell you about the ones who are interesting. I plan to rely pretty much 100% on Wikipedia. Well, maybe 5% on IMDb. So that'd be 95% Wikipedia. And maybe some other stuff. But mostly Wikipedia. <laughs> so, you know what to expect, I think. Wikipedia. Uh, let's begin. Our first episode is April 6th. Because that's when I had the idea for this and started doing the uh, research. Here we go. April 6th. The Byzantine feast day of Eutychius of Constantinople. It's the International Day of Sport for Development and Peace. It's International Fisherman Day in Indonesia. In the United States, it's New Beer's Eve. <laughs> An Aries born on April 6th is characterized by creativity and imagination at the highest level. They have the ability to convince others of their opinions and aims, yet their manner is subtle. They have true star quality. Oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Even if not especially attractive, they can still draw the attention of many potential lovers. They make it their business to promote a positive attitude. So that paints a picture that we'll see if the research bears out. Here we go. 1135, Rabbi Moses ben Maimon, a.k.a. Maimonides. Who would I possibly think of? Medieval Sephardic Jewish philosopher from Spain and became one of the most prolific and potential Torah scholars of the Middle Ages. In his time, he was also a preeminent astronomer and physician. 
He became a prominent philosopher and polymath in both the Jewish and Islamic worlds. Maimonides is most known for his, uh, the, you know, the, the the scale of charity. Like, uh, so this list is, let's count them down. Eight, giving in sadness. Seven, giving willingly, but inadequately. Six, giving adequately, but after being asked. Five, giving before being asked. Four, giving publicly to an unknown recipient. Three, giving anonymously to a known recipient. That one's a head scratcher, you gotta... Giving Sadak anonymously with Sadak is a charity. Anonymously to an unknown recipient by a person or public fund which is trustworthy, wise, and can perform acts of charity with your money in a most impeccable fashion. And number one, giving an interest free loan to a person in need, forming a partnership with a person need, giving grant to a person need, finding a job for a person need, so long as that loan grant partnership or job results in that person no longer living by relying upon others. This is a bad way to start because this is not interesting. I mean, it's interesting, I guess, but it's not funny. But it's a good starting point because A, he's, you know, too significant to leave off the list. And also, it's a good way to introduce you to me, I guess. So I will say that I am a Jew. I'm not religious in any sense of the word. I won't give it, get into my... Yeah, well, I will get into my opinions. I think it's uh, silly to pray to a God who cares about the size of your hat. That's not... I don't believe in that God. I'm an agnostic. And I hope to die one. But, so it's kind of interesting is that I was going to go to a... Whole Foods to buy some protein bars, and I live in Brooklyn, so you have to go to kind of a through a little industrial area to get to the Whole Foods. I mean, I've never had any trouble up there for eleven and a half years, I think. And uh, nice sunny Saturday, and as I was approaching uh, the main street, I was getting to. I heard I was on the phone. I had headphones in on the phone, and. I heard somebody shouting. Oh no, another holocaust. Oh no, it's gonna be another holocaust. And I was on the phone, so I was like just picking it up, and I was like, that's odd. And then as I walked past this guy, who's the only guy I saw on this block, just this little squat, working white dude, maybe in his 30s, just went, whoop, there it is, just as I walked past, and then started screaming about, oh no, it's gonna be another holocaust again. And I stopped at the end of the block, and I turned around, and I looked at the guy. Just like, do I go back and hit him? I mean, that wouldn't have gone well, but there's some instinct to uh, hit racists. And he... Oh, I got a really embarrassing story about that. I guess I got to deal with that. Um, fuck, I'm going to interject briefly with this story. So I was visiting my parents. And we were walking... We went to... For dinner, I guess. And we were walking through this sort of hoity-toity little strip... And this guy, who was clearly schizophrenic, I guess, was like screaming about Jews. And I just sort of, you know, my parents are, I don't think of them as elderly, but they're, you know, art members. Yeah, this guy was like screaming about Jews and stuff and fucking Jews and fuck you Jews. And and I pushed him. I couldn't help it. I pushed him. And it was like clearly, you know, whatever Jews he was talking about wasn't my my parents. It was, you know... The fucking Jews dancing around in his head. And then, and then people sort of came to that guy's rescue because they were like, I mean, he, I think he's just, he got louder and louder and louder after I pushed him. And I was like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. And then people sort of took, pulled him aside and tried to like calm him down and we walked on. So that is that story. Anyway, but yeah, so then the other day I had this guy shouting stuff and I don't know, again, it could have been some f- fucking thing going on in his head. Or maybe, yeah, maybe he actually saw a holocaust in his head, or... It might have bummed me out for a while. 
makes you feel vulnerable. Makes you feel like you should uh, arm yourself. Some racists over the years have clearly spotted me as a Jew. This was the first time, I won't even tell the last time, because it involves too much name dropping, but I was at like a fancy celebrity party in the... Uh, no, it was not a fancy celebrity party. It was a party that some famous comedians were at. In uh, Los Angeles, California, where I used to live. And just some random guy made something about like... A, something where he just said like Jew in a really pointed way as I walked past to his friends and I stopped and said to me like, You know, I think the only people who care if people are Jews are like bigots and Jews. And the guy was like, yeah, that's real funny. I'm like, what? And I just turned around and tried to uh, get Nick Schwartzen to like me. Anyway, so yeah, this was like, I don't know. It's New York. It's a multiracial melting whatever. I could be any billion combinations of things. You know, I wasn't I wasn't f fingering my pears or carrying moths on my back or spitting a dreidel. Davening, gathering a minion. I wasn't getting my uh, Sadaka box polished. I wasn't uh, shaking my Grogger. I wasn't shaking the Lula of an Esrog. I wasn't building a Sukkah. I wasn't burying old prayer books. I was not grinding the bones of Gentile children to bake my Humintoshin. I was not uh, ruling the world from an underground bunker in Switzerland. I was not wearing a yarmulke. Solace. Wasn't kissing my titi. I was not. Can't think of any other Jewish things. Send us spinning a drain, all right? I was not hanging a mezuzah on a doorframe. I was not visiting my Tanta Rivka. I was not making a kogo. I was not blowing a shofar. I was not rolling up prayers and sticking them in the cracks of the wailing wall. I was not controlling international banking. I was just going to buy some fucking protein bars. And I ate one afterwards and I thought, oh, now I've got the strength to beat this guy up. But instead, it was like I should go home. I did see like a pipe on the ground. I was like, oh, I could pick that up and just break his leg. But, mm -hmm. And then weirdly, as I turned the corner, I saw a uh, EMT rolling a, I guess, a dead body into an ambulance. You know, it was fully covered, coming out of this like kidney center next to the staples, in between the staples and the Hotel Le Bleu. And uh, the driver kind of pulled to the side of the thing after he rolled it in to let me walk past. Yeah, I was kind of face blindness, but I think it was my old roommate who was an EMT and trained to be a firefighter and turned out to be a just a douche, I guess is the word. He just sucked. My theory was that he would go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and try to piss into the toilet from the hallway with the lights off because it was always like the toilet was always coated on the side with sticky yellow. He was a bad roommate. He didn't make the firefighter academy, I can tell you that much. So that was my day. So, on to the next guy. It is the famous painter, Raphael, born in 1483 in Italia. He is famous for the Ninja Turtles. 
And he is said to have been fucked into a lingering two-week death by the baker's daughter. So I actually did have a plan. I was going to redo Raphael. I was going to go through his Wikipedia article and describe his different paintings uh, poorly. So, on to the next guy. 1741. Nicolas Chamfort. French epigram writer, wit dude. So he bounced around, getting free meals in exchange for his witty company. But then, when he was 48, he enthusiastically joined the revolution. He was one of the first to storm the Bastille. Became the secretary of the Jacobin Club. Jacobin Club? Come on. But over time, he became critical of the uncompromising ways of the Jacobin and couldn't keep his witty mouth shut. He got bullied and threatened with arrest, which made him pretty much immediately decide to kill himself. So in September 1793, he locked himself into his office and shot himself in the face. The pistol malfunctioned. He did not die, even though he shot off his nose and part of his jaw. He then repeatedly stabbed his neck with a paper cutter, but failed to cut an artery. He finally used the paper cutter to stab himself in the chest. He dictated to those who came to arrest him the well-known declaration, Moi, Sébastien Walsh, Nicolas de Chamfeuille, déclaré avoir voulu mourir en homme libre et plutôt que d'être reconduit de l'esclave dans maison d'arrêt. Can't imagine I got any of that right. Which he signed in a firm hand and in his own blood. His butler found him unconscious in a pool of blood. From then, September, until his death at Paris in April the following year, he suffered intensely. Hmm. Okay. 1810. Philip Henry Goss. English biologist and academic. Goss was born in Worcester in 1810 of an itinerant painter of miniature portraits and a lady's maid. A lady's maid? The like aquarium that. craze was launched in early Victorian England by Goss, who created the first public aquarium at the London Zoo in 1853, and coined the term aquarium when he published the first manual, The Aquarium, an unveiling of the wonders of the deep sea. A contemporary of Darwin, the two split pretty distinctly at some point. Darwin with his sick heresies, and Goss with omphalos, an attempt to untie the geological knot, in which he argues that the fossil record is not evidence of evolution, but rather that it is an act of creation inevitably made so that the world would appear to be older than it is. Goss chose to explain why Adam, who would have had no mother, had a navel. Though Adam would have had no need of a navel, God gave him one anyway to give him the appearance of having a human ancestry. Thus the name of the book, Omphalos. Or Omphalos, or Omphalos, which means navel in Greek, or Greek. His son wrote 50 years later about his father's book Omphalos. Never was a book cast upon the waters with greater anticipation of success than was this curious, this obstinate, this fanatical volume. He offered it with a glowing gesture to atheists and Christians alike. But alas, atheists and Christians alike looked at it and laughed, and threw it away. Later on, Goss took up the study of orchids and exchanged a number of letters on the subject with Darwin. His penultimate enthusiasm was with the genitalia of butterflies, about which he published a paper. But before his death, he returned his interest to rotifera, a.k.a. wheel animals, microscopic whatevers, which the Reverend John Harris first described as an animal like a large maggot, which could contract itself into a spherical figure and then stretch itself out again. And if its tail appeared with a forceps, like to have an earwig. 
His wife recalled that Goss's final illness was triggered by his enthusiasm to adjust his telescope at an open window on a winter night. He had prayed regularly that he might not taste death, but meet Christ in the air at his second coming, and he was bitterly disappointed when he realized that he would die like everyone else. How Wikipedia knows that, I do not know. I guess that was how it was supposed to end. Oh, pretty, pretty, pretty weak. But shall we speak again? Fonsylvania Audio. Fonsylvania Audio. I'm just going to do these alphabetically, so the first thing that comes up is a uh, file marked 2003-1218. So this is uh, over 14 years old. Oh, boy. And this is the thing where I would take a... Uh, it was a short-lived segment. Showed great promise, but I was too impatient. But this was going to be a thing where I would just look at the comments fresh every day and then audio respond to them. Uh, I invented the term audio respond. Anyway, uh, I'll trim out the embarrassing parts. I think there's like, you know, if there's like just a horrible, embarrassing question, just that the people who fucking write and wrote annoying questions, I'm editing them out. That's my fucking caveat. Anyway, without any further ado, suck my dick. Good evening. Uh, welcome back to another edition of I Go to the Comments and Read Them. Hey, let's see. Um, this is by uh, comment board regular Joey, who apparently, I can see, used the word Jew in there at least twice. So, uh, you know, what... what not, not necessarily knocked out, thrilled by that, but whatever. This guy likes to call me Jew all the time, and I can't stop him. Uh, but I don't condone that sort of behavior. And Okay, so we gotta give this guy a fake funny voice. Okay. Hi, Jew. What do you think of this in this Golden Globe nomination? If you saw that kind of thing... Also, are there any other Hanukkah songs besides that dreidel, 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 I made you out of clay crap? If not, can you make one up? I gave you new questions with unlimited possibilities for humor. Don't fail, Jew. Um, unlimited possibilities for humor, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's see. What are the unlimited possibilities for humor? Well, we got, uh, what do I think of this year's Golden Globe nominations if I follow that kind of thing? Uh, I don't follow that kind of thing. So there's your limitless possibilities there. And uh, are there any other? Are there any other Hanukkah songs besides Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel? Uh, yeah, there's one. Uh, there's one. Hanukkah, Hanukkah, come light him in oil. Hanukkah, Hanukkah, we load us the whole baby, like us to eat. We all have a treat. Um, which is 
you know, not a great song, but it ends with, well, have a treat, which, you know, who doesn't like having a treat? Um, why don't I tell you a little story, a quick little story, something happened to me tonight on the delivery route. Fairly attractive woman, couldn't quite place her age, maybe, maybe early 30s. She hands me the money to pay for her food. It's like a 1027. I think it was a 1027 order. And uh, so she hands me some money. And, uh, you know, I thank her. And I I didn't count it. You know, I don't count it in front of the customers. I just trust them. So she hands me the money. And uh, as I walk away, she goes, as I start to walk away, she goes, uh, Merry Christmas. I was like, oh, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. And I uh, walked onto my car and I, and I, uh, Looked at the money and it was exact change. It's uh, no tip. I'm like, oh, just, just don't say anything, huh? Don't draw attention to it. Don't get my hopes up. I mean, fuck you. All right, Merry Christmas. Bye, everybody. So, Christmas, make the day seem bright.